I am so excited to have Dr. George Barna on the show today. Maybe you heard of Dr. Barna or you've heard of the Barna Group. His work is frequently cited as an authoritative source in the media. And today he's going to share with us techniques and wisdom for parents that can help their children obtain a biblical worldview. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. And welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. I am so happy you are here, my dear friend. Dr. Barna founded the Barna Research Group in 1984, which is now called the Barna Group. And he helped it become a leading marketing research firm focused on the intersection of faith and culture. He currently serves as the executive director of the American Culture and Faith Institute, a division of United in Purpose, and is the president of Metaformation, a faith development organization. Dr. Barna has written more than 50 books, which are award-winning bestsellers, mostly addressing cultural trends, leadership, spiritual development, and church dynamics. He has been hailed the most quoted person in the Christian church today and is recognized as one of the nation's most influential Christian leaders. Welcome, Dr. Barna. Leanne, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We're so happy to have you. So can you tell us about the findings that are coming out of the Arizona Christian University Cultural Research Center? And also maybe tie that into your article, How Concerned Are Christian Parents About Their Children's Faith Formation? Yeah, I mean, as we look at what's going on in our culture, we know that very few adults, uh, only about one out of every 20 adults in America, have a biblical worldview. And that's important because your worldview is the basis on which you make every decision you make every day. So worldview is critical. But we know that a person's worldview begins developing at 15 to 18 months of age and is almost fully formed by the age of 13. So that 12-year period of time in a child's life turns out to be the most critical time in their entire life. What they come to believe during that period of time that becomes their worldview will shape everything they do for the rest of their life. I did one study, a longitudinal study, where I found that most people die with essentially the same worldview that they had at the age of 12. So it's critically important that we get it right with children. Now, who has that kind of influence? that will enable a child to develop a worldview appropriately. Well, biblically, parents are the ones who are called by God to be the ones shaping that worldview. But what we find is that in America today, even though parents could have that influence, they're losing that influence with their children because their words and their deeds are inconsistent. And so on the one hand, they might tell their child how they're supposed to behave, But what we find is that a worldview is as much caught as it is taught. And so that contradiction leads the child to believe, wow, my parents seem to be as confused as I am. I guess they don't know the way either. And that faith that they've recommended to me, Christianity, it must not have the answers. Because if it did, my parents would be behaving consistently with what they had told me. So I'm going to have to look elsewhere. 
And that, Leanne, I think is why we find in our culture that so many tens of millions of children are getting their worldview predominantly from what's being taught to them through the arts and entertainment media. So they watch television, they look at movies, they listen to music, they play video games, they go on social media sites. All these things are teaching them worldview principles. They're teaching them a way to think about and respond to life that is consistent. Now, it may not be biblical. In fact, in most cases, it's not biblical. But children don't know that what they're looking for is biblical. What they know is that they want something that seems consistent, seems comfortable, seems popular, seems right, seems doable. And so what they're doing is they're taking their cues from the media. They're taking their cues from their friends. They're taking their cues from their teachers at school. Those are the kinds of things that are actually having the influence that parents have abdicated by their own inconsistency. That makes total sense. And I remember growing up, you know, we had ABC, NBC, and CBS, and there was no social media. The only media you had was those three channels, and they were mostly just wholesome programs with the news. And a lot of parents back then, the kids went to Sunday school, and they went to church every Sunday, the, the stores were closed. So it was such a different era. But how do you get back to that? What do you do? How do you address what's happening? What are the answers when you're fighting this media madness? Well, you know, interestingly, and we find that most parents don't even think about worldview development for their children. They're thinking about how do I get them into Harvard? How do I get them to become a doctor? How do I find them a good spouse to marry? How do I protect them from diseases and pandemics and all these things? And they're not worried very much about, and they don't give much thought to what's going on in the mind and heart of their child that they're going to take with them for the rest of their life to make their critical decisions from day to day. And so item number one, I'd suggest is that parents have to be alerted to the fact that your child is developing their worldview for the rest of their life right now and that you can be a major player in the development of that worldview, but you have to be intentional about it, you have to be strategic about it, and you have to be consistent in relation to it. And so the first thing that you need to do is, is sit down and do kind of a ruthless self-evaluation of what is my worldview? Is it biblical? Because what we find is that most people who consider themselves as adults and as parents, to be Christians, even those who are born-again Christians, they do not have a biblical worldview. So if they pass on what they have to their children, they're setting their children up for failure. If you want to do better than that, you're going to have to make sure that you clarify and purify your own worldview first, because you cannot give what you do not have. And so that's step number one. Step number two is to think seriously about, now, how am I going to impart this to my child? What are the key life principles that I need to get across to them, not only through my words, my teaching, but also through what I model for them? Because it's that observation of my lifestyle that's going to leave the deepest imprint. And then we also have to have accountability as part of that process where once we teach things to our children, we let them know that it's important, so important, that we're going to hold them accountable to it. And so when we give them feedback, when we criticize them, when we instruct them, 
it's purposeful, it's meaningful, and it's consistent. You know, the article that you wrote, how concerned are Christian parents about their children's faith formation? Can you touch upon that? Are they concerned or are parents not concerned? No, they're, they're not concerned. In fact, the sad part about American society is that virtually nobody is concerned about the faith formation of our children. We worry about adults. We worry about ourselves. We worry about our friends. When we study churches, what we find is that the metrics that churches use to measure how well they're doing aren't about children. They're about adults. And in fact, the metrics that most churches have are not metrics that relate to discipleship. It's metrics that relate to marketing. And so when our churches are measuring these five things, how many people attend, how much money they raise, how many programs they offer, how many staff people they've hired and how much square footage they've built out, yes, those are very measurable, but Jesus didn't die for any of those things. What we ought to be measuring are the things that Jesus died for, which is our people's lives being transformed so that they're dedicated to being more like him, to knowing God, to loving God, to loving people, to serving other people, to doing justice. Those are the kinds of things that we need to be measuring to determine our people bearing fruit. And didn't you just write a book or an article about the measurement of what's going on? Maybe it was an article recently? Could have been an article. I'm working on a book right now. I thought, wow, you're really a a prophetess here (laughs) about worldview, worldview development. How do we do that? What's going to have to change for us to be effective in growing generation after generation of children that will have a biblical worldview? It's going to take a good 30, 40, 50 years to turn this around but we need to start today. I can't agree with you more. And I always say that our churches, they never do even a sermon on Deuteronomy 6. You know, Deuteronomy 6, right? (laughs) Deuteronomy 6 is everything. It's our future. It's It's the preservation of Christianity as well. I'm so thrilled that you brought that up. I mean, that is such a seminal passage of scripture. When you can begin to raise up children who know, love, and serve God. And it's the parents' primary responsibility to do that. The most important thing that we do in our lives as parents is how we raise our children to know, love, and serve God. Absolutely. When Jesus was asked, what is the most important command? He replies the beginning part of Deuteronomy chapter 6. But yet, our churches don't teach it or talk about it or have a sermon about it. And let me add something to that. It's, it's based on a study we did with pastors of churches across the country. Now, if you want your child to be Christ-like, one of the things that we've learned is you do what you believe. So you have to have appropriate beliefs, and then those get converted into action. But what we discovered about pastors across the country is that only one out of every three pastors of Christian churches have a biblical worldview. Oh my. And in fact, when we look at our children's and youth pastors across the country, it's only 12%, one out of every eight of them. Now, keep in mind, our children are at their most vulnerable point of their life between those ages of one and 13 when they're developing their worldview. And to have them be with pastors, people of authority, people who supposedly are representing Christ. But those people don't do that. They can't do that 
because they don't believe the right stuff, that's dangerous. So I'd say that we have to add to the parents' checklist one other thing. Yes, they're worried about their kids leaving the Christian faith. But now as a parent, you've got another thing to do, which is to look very, very carefully and deeply at what is the nature of the church that you're attending and what is the nature of the ministry into which you're going to place your child because you don't want to place them under the teaching, the spiritual teaching of somebody who doesn't know and love and live the scriptures. If you do that, you are setting your child up for failure for the rest of their life. And as a parent, you can't afford to do that. And I think this is why we see the progressive church becoming popular, because people were not taught true biblical doctrine. They've twisted it. And now we have this new revoice movement. And it, it's scary out there. So a metacognitive worldview is so important, and it has to be based totally on God's Word in the Bible. Is there anything else you would like to share with us? <laughs> How many days do you have, Leanne? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I, I would simply say that when people look at the culture that we're living in today, and they say, I'm not sure I want to send my child out into that world. The reason why the culture is the way it is is because of the dominant worldview of the people in that culture. So if you don't like the way things are, yeah, we can talk about how you vote. We can talk about what happens with your tax dollars. We can talk about all kinds of things. But really, it comes down to the issue of worldview, because every decision that every person makes stems from their worldview. We have to raise our children as Christian parents. <laughs> Yeah, so often in our culture today, the children are raising the adults. They're telling them what they want to watch, where they want to go, how they want to think, who they want to hang out with, and that's certainly not God's way. Discipline and disciple, there's only one letter difference between the two. So I think if we discipline our children properly and we adhere to God's commands, we, we can change things. We can effectively change things in prayer. Number one, pray, pray, pray. When do you think your new book will be released? You know, my publisher keeps asking me that, you know, so it's, it's really just an issue of when am I going to have the time to finish it? Well, thank you, Dr. Barna. God bless you for all your work and everything you're doing. I'm, I'm so excited when that book comes out, I will read it. I probably won't put it down until I finish it. And then I'll have to have you back on the show again. I'd love to do that, Leanne. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.